0: Here we go, episode number three. Uh, before we get rolling, I got a couple of guests already in the green room, so that's awesome. Before we get rolling, all the usual stuff like, comment, subscribe, share, notification bell, retweet, um, help share this out there. This is uh, the second episode in a row on 3D printing, so looking to take a little bit of a deeper dive in terms of 3D printing. Um, and for anyone who is unfamiliar with the program, this is Ungovernable. My name is Matt. Uh, we talk about Skills, tips, tricks, uh, solutions, resources for you to be able to uh, uh, not necessarily opt out from the system, but regain your leverage so that you don't necessarily have to deal with uh, centralized control of you know industries or governmental control of certain aspects of your life. You can actually uh, live separate from that if you feel like you need to, um, and I would definitely advise that you exercise those abilities if you do feel the need to um so uh definitely looking forward to talking to our guests this evening scott's already chiming in he's stoked for this episode um because uh we have we have three awesome guests two of which are already with us so without further ado i'm gonna bring on uh chris and nick from live from the gulag how's it going guys going great awesome all uh, right nick, nick where th- are you Yo! Oh, we might have lost him. <laughs> good. That's good. I wait to to quote Rodney Dangerfield. We're off to a great stop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, um,
1: please, please excuse my dumb co-host.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. We we might have him back here. Is she breathing? Are you there? Yeah, I, I'm here. I, you
2: know my yeah. my, boomer, my boomer computer can't seem to keep up.
0: I that's fine. Uh, you know, we'll blame it on the computer. It's all right. So this is
2: <laughs> this is the second time we've been
1: on another show, and I was the one that didn't have video last time. So, Nick, is this gonna
2: work? Uh, you know, my uh, web- my webcam is plugged in. Come on, come on,
0: man. Come on, man. <laughs> we'll we'll figure it out here. So okay. Uh, well, anyway, wh- while Nick is working through uh, technical difficulties, uh, Chris, I'll I'll put you on the spot here. For anyone right. who's not familiar with you uh what is live from the gulag and uh where can people find you
1: well uh it's it's a show that's is kind of has like an old radio show format kind of like opie and anthony where we just kind of go over current events and talk about whatever we feel like talking about uh me and nick are both engineers uh from the university of texas and uh we're good buddies and we just wanted to start a show you know, just for the hell of it, because we both kind of wanted to do it. So uh, sometimes we do kind of a special episode on just a topic we want to talk about, but most of the time uh, we just kind of go over the political news from like the week before and, and riff on it. So you can find us, it's live from the Gulag. Uh, you can find us on Simplecast or on Spotify, Amazon Music, I think iTunes. We're on most of the big, you know, the big platforms. I think we got 26. Episodes. That sounds like a lot. So yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. We, no, we're, and, we're having a real good time doing it.
0: And so, uh pretty much from what I saw, it's it's about once a week, right? Like that, you guys are putting out episodes.
1: We do the best we can. I mean, we're both working dads, and I mean, we both have young children, and it's it's hard, man. But I we do you. we do the best we can. We're we're just we're we're hanging on to. It. We have a lot of big plans for the future, and we're we're just hanging in there trying to make inroads. And
0: uh, yeah. Awesome. So uh, I don't get like too far down the rabbit hole in terms of like politics and stuff like that. But yeah. in terms of the the political compass that you guys come at, you know, these kind of like daily stories, what would you mm-hmm. say it, it kind of is? Uh,
1: well, it's it's got a, a libertarian slant. I mean, we're both libertarians, um, but we don't. Uh, we don't we don't spend a too like we don't spend a ton of time sitting there hashing out like the ideology and, you know, jerking off and that kind of thing. Like most libertarian podcasts, it's mostly like we'll, we'll try to play a clip and then riff on it and maybe just talk about something funny that was happening. Um, I, libertarians are going to enjoy the show, the show more than other people will. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that.
0: OK. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, that's all right. I mean, anything. Also, if you're not libertarian, I mean, it it gives people exposure too to kind of like uh, the the. I think the analysis that you guys do or the explanation that you do is really trying to dig into it. It's not these just kind of cursory, you know, surface level analyses that you guys are doing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, we we give our take on it uh, for sure, and we we definitely have a strong like libertarian slant. There's a lot of friends you know that we don't tell people about. A lot of people uh, would not like the show. Um, just, just because, I mean, I think, um, I think conservatives would probably be okay with it. Cause I mean, these days they seem to have a better sense of humor, but I mean, that, that could probably change. We have a yeah. lot of conservatives in our family and we live in Texas. So there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of that slant, but, um, yeah, if it's, uh, if, if you're kind of, uh, if, if, if you don't have a good sense of humor, then you're not going to like it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, I would imagine Live from the Gulag also probably immediately turns off some of the hard lefties that would normally they, listen they, to it.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> they, they wouldn't like it. There's there's friends that I have that I hope they don't ever find out about the show. Just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, there goes dinner
0: plans. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, all right, well, uh, so... Let, let's kind of like start talking down the road here. So um, I've already done one episode about 3D printing and it was kind of like 101, right? Like, what is it? Um, the very basics of kind of how you get started. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I'm definitely trying to like advance that conversation. And so in kind of our conversations behind the scenes, we were talking about what you do on a daily basis in terms of your like nine to five or whatever um, and using something that a lot of folks are using uh, to basically develop their own 3D prints. And so right. it's essentially 3D modeling software and, and what we were talking about. So can yeah. you kind of just like unpack a little bit like what you do on your day to day and the software packages that you're using.
1: Yeah. So uh, this is pretty exciting, too, because um, I was I kind of lost hope that there'd be any sort of like carryover between my trade and, you know, the liberty movement. I just I I, I complained a lot because, you know, if it seemed like with just about every profession, you know, you're a lawyer, you can do like a liberty sign, an educator, if you're a whatever. It seemed like engineering was like the only one where there really was no crossover whatsoever. So I felt like I was you know, I felt like I had double the work to do because it wasn't like I could just kind of encompass both of them so this is very exciting because what i'm going to talk to you about is uh, cad or it's computer aided design um so anybody who goes to engineering school is going to have a little bit of experience in design work most of them most of them will so i'm a mechanical engineer and then nick is a petroleum engineer so he also he also had some uh, but mechanical mostly Um, So I did uh, just a little bit of digging. What I'm going to do is I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the different types of uh, CAD, the like the top five software that's worth looking into if you're interested in doing it. And then uh, just kind of if you're interested in using CAD, I'm going to give a little talk about what uh, what can kind of help you decide which software you would like to buy for like what your application is. Uh, So I know mostly we're going to be talking 3D printing because I know that's the that's the kind of angle you're bringing. Uh, That's 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 the down with the man kind of angle that you're you're bringing. So I'm going to use uh, use CAD to help you help you with that.
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And and the real goal being, um, I think, like, you know, 3D printing 101, you can essentially take what other people have developed in something like CAD, um and throw it into slicing software and put it onto your 3d printer um yeah. so this is kind of like you know going a little bit further up the food chain so like if you do want to produce your own 3d printed items you're going to need something some kind of modeling software like cat or something like that so right. uh let's see do we have nick nick do we got you
1: come on
2: man yeah i'm not gonna touch my camera button i figured okay. out every time i try to turn on it kicks me out so that's, that's okay, okay. One That's ball fun, guy. One fun. ball guy is good enough, I think.
0: Yeah, you're not missing much. <laughs> it's, it's it's like the Christmas lights. Like you touch one, and they all go out. So like, let's not even uh, think about it here. <laughs> it's
1: more fun. It's more fun. I'm jealous. I think everybody should do it.
0: So uh, I don't know if you were listening, Nick, but uh, Chris gave us kind of like a one-on-one on what your podcast was about, and before he kind of uh, you know laces into talking about uh, you know 3D uh, modeling uh, software. Uh, from your angle what would you say you guys kind of like talk about or the slant that you come at uh, you know certain topics from yeah
2: how'd i do oh terrible I, we are definitely an anime focused and my little pony focused <laughs> podcast i don't know where he's <laughs> getting all this other crap from god damn
1: i don't remember any of that i was drunk shit yeah. <laughs> it doesn't that count it if happened. you're drunk at the time
2: uh, No, yeah, <laughs> you know we're, we're, we're two good buddies we've got an engineering background so we we think from things from kind of a technical perspective and uh, you know like most podcasts we we try to touch uh give our touch on current debate uh current events but you know because uh, we went to school together we're both very libertarian focused kind of grew up in the ron paul era everything's with a libertarian slash you know anarchist you know slant to it so that that that's that's our niche
0: awesome uh, Yeah. Yep. awesome and so uh this was also something that uh uh kind of happened behind the scenes where uh me and Chris were talking about, uh, we had kind of like an online debate talking about, uh, you know, relativist morality or, or objective morality and kind of the merits of that. Um, and uh, has has been my way over the last like six to 12 months, I've been kind of like going down this this uh, rabbit hole that has probably been long overdue in terms of like my my research and stuff. And so um, we didn't get to that. We, we may still, so like, don't like, we have uh, to hold, yeah, hold, hold up. I've, for... I've had
1: enough talks in the car or, you know, about this whole thing. I'm, I do not want to waste all of that. So <laughs> yes. yeah, <laughs> I, I had I mean, all of my retorts. I even have all the moments when you go, oh, I hadn't thought about that. Just yeah. all written out in my mind. So
0: I, I think we might happen. be less adversarial no, than when us. we first talked, but it's okay. Uh, there will yeah. still be some <laughs> things to debate, but, um, all right, so let's kind of get into it here. So, uh, okay. someone wants to uh, build whatever a My Little Pony desk figurine, and they All can't right. download a, uh, a a a design or a blueprint from you know one of the online libraries for their three D printer. Now, uh, where can they turn in terms of the software packages that might help them actually design that?
1: All right, so I thought of three categories to consider. Uh, when you're trying to decide what type of set, what type of CAD software should I use? Um, so number one is the obvious one, and that's the purpose. So what are you trying to do with the CAD software? So uh, different categories you might run into are, you know, layouts of like a floor. If you're trying to do like a house or something, and you're trying to do 2D layouts. If you're trying to do 3D printing, if you're trying to do manufacturing, if you're trying to do engineering or if you're trying to do graphics, these are just some basic, all of these things are encompassed in, in CAD. So, yeah. um, so once you figure out what your purpose is, the next one is price. And, uh, that's where, uh, fortunately for people listening to this, you're going to be doing 3d printing. So price is actually not going to be that bad. Uh, it's if you're trying to do engineering where you're going to need things like material analysis and you're going to do simulations and you're going to do stress. I'm going to kind of briefly talk about that a little bit. So number two is price. How much are you willing to drop on this? Uh, and at what point do you reach diminishing return with the software you buy? Because you can cut corners, get really crappy software and, you know, just end up wasting your time and then thinking this sucks. I don't want to I'm just not cut out for this. So that you could kind of do that if you're not careful. Um, so you, you, um, all I can say is that you're, you're going to, I recommend you drop a little bit of money, but you're probably not going to need to drop thousands of dollars. So that's the good news. And, uh, then, yeah. And then the third category is preference. It, you know, it's so kind of like Apple versus, you know, windows, you know, there's going to be two programs that are basically, you can get the same outcome. Just some people like this one better than this one. And that's really all there is to it. So fair enough. Yeah. So based on that, um, there's two main kinds of CAD software. There's CAD software that is used for parametric modeling and then direct or explicit modeling. And and I'm just going to briefly say what the difference is. Uh, Parametric modeling is a type of modeling where you start at the base level and you have sketches, 2D sketches that you use to then uh turned into a 3d model and so you have kind of a history where you have what's called design intent where you can have two parts that look exactly the same but based on how you decided to design them will affect your ability to maybe change something about it and i'm going to talk about that a little bit and then the other thing is direct uh, modeling and that's more there's no history or anything think of it's like clay and you have a a little clay that you're going to mold into the part that you want And the positive aspect of this is that it's just a lot simpler and artistic people can really grasp it that, you know, artistic people don't really need any of the complexity that might come with parametric modeling. But the downside is if you have direct or explicit modeling, changing things that you did in the past is a little bit more difficult. So you might, uh, you know, you might have to end up starting all over more often or, um and you're not concerned with like engineering or manufacturing or anything like that so
0: so it's like uh so it's like anyone who's ever done any uh so the the, the latter is like anyone who's any ever done any like pottery right like and they right. touch it the wrong way and it just goes to shit Right.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 So so if you're you know, if you're modeling like a face, you know, if you're making Matthew McConaughey's face, odds are you're going to be using Dreamweaver or something like that. And that's going to be direct or explicit modeling. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're 3D printing and you're doing any engineering type stuff, you should do. I would recommend parametric modeling um, because you can also do basically everything you can do in direct or explicit modeling. You could do in parametric modeling. I'm going to kind of I'm going to show you what I mean by that. Um, so anyway, without any further ado, um what I'm going to show everybody, what I'm going to kind of demonstrate is the program called SolidWorks. And okay. the reason I use that one is because I'm an engineer and that's what we were trained to do in school, and that's what my company uses. Uh, it's really, really good. It's one of it's basically the best in the industry if you're talking about a solid that can be, you can have material applied to it and you can have manufacturing decisions done with the software. I mean, you can, you can design something and just real quick, if I just share my screen real quick. Yep. Uh, let's see how this works, share screen
0: to do. And just so I'm not leaving Nick out, Nick, are, is this yeah. anything that you do on a day-to-day basis? Well, uh, I, I'm a, no, so I, I'm, I am an
2: engineer, but uh, of a different trade. I started off in petroleum engineering. So Hoffman is leagues ahead of me, or Chris is leagues ahead of me on the 3D design simulator and and actual CAD software. I'm more of a novice to where I I just bought a 3D printer kit and I've played around with it. Uh, I use a free software called Fusion 360. You can get like a free year trial on it and goof around in it. But for the most part, I'm just taking people, other people's G-codes and printing them out. I've gotten to the point where I'm tinkering nearly as much as Chris.
0: Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people use Fusion and then they use... um... Uh, oh, wow, I'm having a senior moment here in terms of the slicing software. Um, there's another one out there that's that's fairly ubiquitous, Cura. I think Cura is the other one uh, that a lot of folks use in terms of the... There's a lot. Yeah, the slicing software. But, uh, yeah, SolidWorks, I've definitely heard of a lot of folks that are building more complex pieces for the 3D printers using something like SolidWorks or, you know... Uh, one of the higher end CAD versions in order to kind of, uh, you know, go crazy with it, especially if it's like a more functioning piece, you know?
1: Yeah. So just briefly, what I'm going to what I'm kind of showing uh, the viewers right now is kind of the, you know, you you see this, I guess, uh, I don't know what that is, a uh, you know, a bracket or something like that, where it, it it's showing what's called a simulation where you give it a sort of material and then you apply different pressures to the part And then SOLIDWORKS will then do what's called a finite element analysis, where it will study how that stress is going to affect the part along the entire length of the part. So maybe the red areas are the ones that are displaced the most. And then as you get into orange, it's displaced the least all the way to blue. Um, So the only reason I'm showing you this is because these CAD softwares can get extremely technical and extremely advanced. The listeners are not going to have to buy SolidWorks because they don't need any of this stuff that I'm showing you. It can sure. do a lot. The, the amount of stuff that SolidWorks can do is just incredible. Where you know you can you can talk about making models, and you're now calculating fractions of a fraction. You know you know thousands and thousands of a millimeter precision that you don't need if you're making a 3D print of a dildo or whatever. I mean, you don't need you know. <laughs> You don't but need to how know, did you know what my
0: audience is into. We, to- <laughs> uh, for
1: those of you thinking it, it was about half of people, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh, so let me stop. I'm going to stop sharing that. Just show you. So um, so I'm, what I'm going to be showing people is stuff that I've done in SolidWorks. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about the different types of software, um, I guess. Well, re- let me do the let me do the types of software like first. So the big one sure. that I, I recommend people look up first is uh, one called SketchUp, and most people probably heard about that's that's the one a lot of people heard of because it's really cheap, and yep. you can play around with the free one on a browser to see if you're into it. And um, from what I understand, if you use SketchUp and you're doing thing, you know, the if you're doing things like two D layouts of houses and stuff, or you're making simple models, yeah, okay. So, I mean, SketchUp you can buy different tiers that will let you do different, you know, complexity. Um, but you, but the thing is, the reason I point to SketchUp is because there is the free version. You're not going to find free on any of like the CAD software, like SolidWorks, forget it. You know, you're not going to get any free or AutoCAD. Uh, so SketchUp's the first one I want to talk about just briefly. Uh, and you know, so as far as things like if you're doing a layout or you're doing models of things you can, you know, see plainly, uh, it'll work. It'll work just fine. Uh, and I don't have a whole lot of experience with SketchUp, but I kind of loaded it up, and it's uh, you know the interface I think is a little weird just because I've been using SolidWorks my whole career, and you know so I I kind of can't really stand SketchUp, but um, at the at the risk of being a snooty you know engineer who you know <laughs> my my <laughs> SolidWorks is way too I guess that's why I wanted to start by talking about SketchUp. So I'm going to be showing you stuff that I'm doing in SolidWorks and. Um, you know, so if you if you try to do the things in SketchUp that I'm going to show you and you get like really frustrated that that could be a reason why is because if you cut corners on the CAD software you're using, it's also going to limit the thing, the the things that you have the ability to do. Sure. So um, but they've got like prices and tiers and stuff like that. So you can probably buy a better version. I'm sure they make the free one just crappy and clunky enough so that people want to buy the better one, uh, I
0: definitely. would guess.
1: I don't know. <laughs> Uh, Nick, have you used SketchUp?
2: I have not. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm a novice. I'm mostly at my stage. I'm just taking other people's work and I'm trying to print it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you, you do looks any? Like we got you? A,
0: looks like we got a couple of factions in the comments. We got, uh, Dorkmo saying, uh, give me open scatter or give me death. Um, and then, uh, uh chairman juan says uh solid edge for life Um, i haven't
1: heard of any of these i mean (laughs) because you know in the industry so i'll just tell you in the industry i'm in which is manufacturing Mm so you know sheet metal and injection molding and die casting that kind of thing there's really two three basically three big names in town Mm -hmm. you've got autocad who makes autodesk inventor Mm -hmm. you've got solidworks you've got pro e those are the three that you're really going to see um and these programs have features within the actual program that lets you do manufacturing related functions i mean to my knowledge sketchup probably doesn't have like an injection molding function although it maybe it does i don't know but uh solidworks it it has functions specifically just for sheet metal for example and you can apply different material properties to it and it'll help you with the manufacturing process and I don't I don't have to get into the weeds there but um so anyway SketchUp would be one to try first and those are the other ones that I've kind of I kind of got so um I guess uh I guess what I can go what I can do from here is uh kind of show you a little bit about uh some things that I've done personally because I actually made a very very dumb decision long story short to buy a SolidWorks license and when it was all said and done, it cost me five thousand dollars. So so it, it it was there was this I, I wanted to take a, a freelance, I wanted to try to become like a SolidWorks design freelancer where I become like a freelancer in the, you know, because I basically, I just wanted to work from home because I loved my job. I thought my job was great. The only problem is I had to drive to the damn office every day. And so I thought, well, if I could do this at home, then that'd be great. So I bought a SolidWorks license because I thought, well, that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to start doing that work on my free time. Mm. And then COVID happened. And they sent everybody to work from home because they felt that they had to. Mm. And so immediately I got my wish. It's almost it's almost like it's almost like God thought, well, in order to give Chris what he needs, I have to create this plague to scare everybody and send everybody to work from home. So, so basically I I may have caused COVID. I'm sorry, everybody, but because, (laughs) because of COVID, I've got this awesome, super high tech SolidWorks license. So I'm going to show everybody a little bit of what you can do.
0: I used to listen to, uh, did I used to listen to there? There was one podcast that basically, um, uh, prognosticated someone dying and they felt like that was like, uh, they felt like they manifested it, right? Like, so that was what they focused on for, for a long period of time. So if anyone is pissed off about COVID and the the lockouts and stuff, just send Chris all the hate mail.
1: (laughs) It was, it was for a good purpose. So I could have my dream. And so thank you. Thank you everybody who gave their lives so that I could work from home. But anyway, so this is the first thing I'm going to show you um it's just like something i made on my free time um so if you have so i was saying before that if you have different types of cad software for graphics you can do a lot of different things with trying to make things look good on the screen with Mm -hmm. different shading and things like that um so i've got the actual model right here so this is where all those pictures came from it was from this model and this is what's called an assembly where it has a lot of different part files inside one assembly. So these were all modeled kind of separately. And you can do different things with mating where you can actually, you know, like operate it from inside the assembly and things like that. So one of the things that I was talking about was parametric or what was it? Uh, Yeah, parametric modeling, Mm -hmm. which, and so I'm gonna show you kind of what that means right now. So if you look in this, so this is a separate part of the wrench so if I open this up, this is uh, the part file where the design actually happened. And if you look on the left here, you see kind of a history of how it was designed from start to finish. So this mm-hmm. is what makes it parametric. The fact that it's the whole design is actually e- a small design decisions made on top of each other. So I'm just going to go in the past here, just kind of show everybody what this means. And, and SketchUp is ki- is kind of a hybrid between the two. Honestly, if anybody listening... more experience with sketchup i didn't see this type of feature so it might actually be more direct modeling but maybe if you buy higher tiers but anyway so that just real quickly the design started with like i said this 2d sketch where it's you know it's just this simple 2d sketch that's then extruded into this 3d uh, model here and then i do a bunch of different stuff to it I, you know, I do a cut here, I slice that, and then here's a kind of a 2D sketch that made that. So this giant 3D model is actually a series of decisions, and if uh, if I want to change something at the very beginning, so just to speed through the rest of this, this is what it looks like at the very end. So if I want to change something, say in the past, like maybe I want to make this hole instead of 0.4 inches, I make it, you know, 0.3 inches, Mm -hmm. and then i rebuild the whole thing it just it it goes back and it recalculates everything so that that's smaller so it it, you know it went into the past changed that sketch and then it just recalculates all the things that i did to it so that's what makes parametric uh, modeling so useful the downside is you have to be thinking several steps in the future Mm -hmm. because uh because all of these features build on top of each other so if you start off Not thinking too clearly about where you want to take the design, you might you might get towards the end of the design and then you want to change something about it and it's impossible to do. And if you want to make a different size of it later on, this is where the manufacturing part kind of comes in. Yeah. Where if you want to make different sizes of the same part, the better the design engineer, the better ability you have to design it with the intent that you're going to have multiple sizes in it. That's that's so. Uh, so anybody who gets into modeling and if you want to get into 3D printing and if you want to get into parametric modeling, uh, part of it is that learning curve. It's making mistakes so that later on you realize you can make the same thing in way fewer steps. Uh, so I just I wanted to show this too, just another example. I made oh, you awesome. a little, uh, you know, <laughs> you make like a trophy or something. So here's so people can do this, too. So this is a real simple. Uh, just kind of like, I guess, badge, just a little thin metal piece that you can use for, you know, like a pen or something. I found uh, a sketch of one of your from one of your sites, put the image in here, just sketched all of these lines around it. Mm-hmm. And then I did. So boss extrude one is the anarchy thing. And then the extrude two is the bird. And so there you go. So that's all you got to do. So if you're interested in so I could 3D print this for you right now. If somebody. Yeah. So if somebody listening to this uh, wants to 3D print this, just reach out and we can we can do it.
2: Could you. uh, How do you export that to G code for like a 3D printer from here? So it's called an STL file.
1: Uh, There's a specific file type that you save it as. Um, And then when you save it as that STL file, you use the software from whatever 3D printer you're printing off of, load the STL file into the software and then it's going to work out where the part goes on the bed, and you know how many you're going to print, and and all that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, I think Cura will actually do that. I think you can you okay. can take that STL file. In fact, um, most of the slicing software I think takes an STL file. Anyone in the comments, if I'm uh, not saying this correctly, then just let me know. But
2: uh, no, that's been my experience. You, you know, it'll take it and turn into the layers it needs for your printer.
0: Yeah. Which is the, I think there's a couple of software packages out there that offer like two in one, right? So you could do the modeling and the slicing in one from what I've seen. A lot of folks that use those prefer them to have them separated for one reason or another. I think it's like, um, it's one of those things where I think maybe the offerings that are out there, they do both like, you know, average to crappy versus, you know, a piece of modeling software does modeling well. And then slicing software does the slicing well and then they would rather have those two uh you know dedicated options for both of those um but yeah um so um i in terms of uh you know like what you do on the day-to-day um do you see like how did you get turned on to 3d printing or how did you get introduced to it like i know you're not you know necessarily an, an expert or anything like that but um you know wh- how did it necessarily come in and does it get talked about like do your meki friends talk about 3d printing their own stuff or what
1: well it's it's kind of started to get into the um you know the industry now so um i actually don't i don't have a whole lot of experience doing 3d printing to tell you the truth i've, I've 3d printed a few things but the uh you know and i'm gonna i've, I've decided i've already decided i'm gonna get the indar uh five pro or one of them i've already figured out which one i want it's just i'm in the middle of moving long story short, yeah. so that's why i don't have one. but another reason i don't have one is because i always kind of thought it would be something that i would buy and then i wouldn't be able to think of enough things to use it for and so it would end up being something that i buy make two like you know whatever you know paper holders or whatever and then i'm like okay the next thing i need to make i'll just make it and <laughs> then it'll sit there and i won't ever use it again so yeah um but but things are changing, uh, you know, because the printer technology has gotten just crazy good. And now you can get a really good 3D printer for, you know, a few hundred dollars. Things oh, things yeah. have really changed now. And now I can tell you, um, I do have experience doing both uh, SLS and FDM printing, um, because right now I can tell you just from my experience, um, I do manufacturing I do manufacturing for data centers and so it's mostly sheet metal and uh extrusions and some uh die casting and uh injection molding hmm. uh, and now we're having the issue where um it it's very expensive to make prototypes it, it's really expensive to make a part period out of metal so if you wanted to make a prototype of a product That goes through all the process of making the metal and punching it and forming it and painting it. And you go through all those steps and then you have assembly teams that make it and it has to get in, you know, and then has all of the part number filings and who pays for it. Like there's a lot of bureaucratic reasons why making prototypes at work is very difficult. Um, But now the engineering team that I work for has realized that if you get a really, really good 3D printer. We can just test our prototypes and skip the entire manufacturing process. And you can 3D print a really good, solid, you know, model that's tough and strong. And, you know, it's it definitely wouldn't, you know, it's too, much too expensive to take the place of what you're doing with your, you know, your real team. But it's it's a real cheap way to get around that whole process. So that's that's basically how we've incorporated it in, into how I work is I test my parts with the 3d printed options because i can do it overnight instead of taking a week or whatever to make and then i realize it doesn't work and then it takes an entire other week just to make another one yeah you can 3d print it overnight you're good
0: oh yeah yeah no the, and the um the speeds are getting faster too so like um yeah uh i think the the you know we were talking about kind of the the range of options there mm-hmm. i would say if you're looking at the five i forget if it was five plus or five pro um ender just came out with the six uh the six yeah. looks really nice and and i think it's about the same price or maybe it's a, a couple of bucks more than what the 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 five was but um i think if they're coming coach, out with a
1: 10 aren't they don't they have like a 10 coming out? yeah
0: up? so uh, i was actually looking at the six um okay and so um I, I might just get the three to mess around with first like is so there a,
2: any strong opinions here on core x y versus cartesian printers like I, i'm pretty sure we're talking about the standard cartesian printers where the bed moves back and forth around but uh, I'm, yeah. i've recently pulled the trigger on a core x y printer i don't know if you're familiar with the voron 2.4 well um, you went
0: you went high end I, you you're actually uh you're, you're talking yeah, talk uh, to nick Talk so, to Nick, please. <laughs> so that, that is, that's like the Cadillac, right? I mean, like as far as, you know, at home, uh, 3d printers go, uh, right.
2: Uh, the problem is I bought it right when I had a kid, my third kid, and it's been sitting on my desk for a couple months now. I've been meaning to build it. So yep. I've been, I've been printerless for like uh, about a year and a half. I used to have a, a Creality CR 10 okay. and I ended up selling that to a buddy cause I got way too busy with work. And now it's like, all right, I'm ready to get back into it. I got a new job during COVID and had another know the kid. So yeah. I actually, I, I bought the uh, the FormBot kit. The, you had um, a COVID baby? <laughs> I literally had a COVID baby. Um, but FormBot recently put out the kit that pretty much sourced all the parts you need to build it. And now it's like, as soon as I get a free weekend, whenever that appears, uh, I'm going to build this thing. And I'm really excited. And the, the big advantage of it that I, I could tell... Being a core XY printer is instead of moving the bed around, which contains a lot of mass, it just moves the print head in XY plane, so you can print much faster because you've got a lot less weight moving around, and then it just oh, yeah. moves the the Z plane up, a millimeter fraction of a millimeter at a time as
0: you print each layer. If, if I'm not mistaken, that's actually what the six is. So, oh, the, awesome. Yeah, so the six is an XY core. Um, and so it's it's a little less expensive. I might It might be about, maybe about like 25, 30% less than the Voron. But the Voron is like, from everything I've seen, um, I, I guess like all of these, you know how like back in the day, I forget how old you guys are, but like, you know how back in the day when like uh, the Intel Pentium chips first started coming out and everyone started like, you know, overclocking their their, P, their CPUs and stuff like that, There's there's that kind of movement now happening, it looks like, within the 3D printing space. So like, you yeah, know, Benchy, the little boat that's the, the um, you know, the calibrating um, print that you can do. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen, you know, they have speed races now to see who can print, like, an, an actual decent quality Benchy.
2: What's the, the record? Like, 15 minutes or something like that?
0: I don't know what the official one is. The one I saw the other day that had, like, a ridiculous number of hits on YouTube was, uh, like, five minutes. Oh. Five minutes. <laughs> uh, now, the, the Benchy itself was uh, a couple of the... A couple of like it had some infill problems and some like layering issues but um you know that's just all a matter of kind of like dialing it in and getting everything you know put in i it's going to get to the point where you know they'll reach the uh the maximum speed that the actual uh material can handle right like at at a certain point the material just can't handle it right um but yeah
2: printing the next layer and the last one hasn't finished cooling yet
0: (laughs) that that's exactly what you're fighting and so they're they're the same way that people came up with like, you know, water jacketed towers and things like that when they were, you know, over overclocking their PCs, what, you know, now you're starting to get these like, you know, fan cooled printing beds and like all these other stuff that people are, you know, essentially working out in their garage to try and increase the speed of the print, which is obviously one of the things that is, um, I wouldn't necessarily call it holding back, but that's the trade off, right? Like, you know, I could go to target or I could go, you know, and get a cheap, piece of chinese printed crap or i could get something that i print myself it just takes me whatever you know 12 14 hours or something like that mm-hmm. um sean from 3d print general coming in he said check out thomas uh Sinlander's voron build he's flying at 500 millimeters per second plus which uh anyone who's not familiar with 3d printing 500 millimeters per second plus is it's like driving a thousand miles an hour yeah like, not that's not even not even a hundred. It's like a thousand miles an hour. It's pretty insane. Um, but yeah, so, uh, is it sitting in the box, Nick, or have you actually assembled it?
2: No, it's sitting in the box and I, I'm actually planning on taking it out this weekend. <laughs>
0: um, we suck, man. <laughs>
2: my kid is uh, just turned three months old. So give me a break. <laughs> uh,
0: no, you, you have a reasonable excuse. Excuse. That's good. But uh, to your yeah. point, Chris, I think, and, and Nick, you'll probably attest to this cause you, you've had a printer in the past You'll find things to print like there's yeah. stuff to print all over your house. You know?
1: Yeah. I've got a three year old now, so I've got tons of toys and stuff I can make. Oh, just, yeah. <laughs>
0: my son's 10. He's like, what can yeah. we print from Minecraft? Like, that's the first thing he wants to print. You know,
2: <laughs> you know, one of the first things you printed was like a, a cell phone holder and I brought it to work. And everyone's like, what is that? Where'd you get that? And then it's like, oh, it's a 3D printer. And it's like, oh, what do you use what? that for? And I have to keep reminding myself, I I can't say to print guns at work.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, what's funny. So like, let's talk about this. So uh, I think we're all kind of in alignment in terms of how we see this. Right. But I think the, the uh, as is the case with new technologies, everyone kind of like runs to the, you know, the catastrophic, uh, you know, dystopian future that's going to result from the technology. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the the big baddie is 3d printing firearms that's what everyone is afraid of or or you know what these politicians are trying to crack down on and they were they and... were
2: for like 20 minutes
0: yeah then they but then they forgot about it because the media stopped talking about it so I, we got we got to ban the thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> the thing you know the thing um yeah. <laughs> and, and apparently joe biden wipes his own ass but um so <laughs> i don't know if you saw this today but i oh but i so saw that
1: again.
0: that being said uh like, where do you guys stand? I mean, like, I'm for, like, full-on adultery. Like, whatever you can make. You can make a machete with a freaking 3D printer. Go ahead. If you can make a, you know, uh, an, an auto or whatever uh, firearm, go ahead. But All the
1: uh, way up to make nukes. Yeah, we're... Yeah, yeah totally. well, yeah.
2: If, can you 3D print a nuke? Can, is that possible? <laughs> you uh, write the, the question, him?
1: so the answer is yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there has to be I, some I, way. Now, I don't plastic know if exposed, can it,
2: that's a given, right? Because plastic... <laughs>
0: I I don't know if ABS can hold up to those pressures. We'll have to model it in SolidWorks. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's that's the thing. Like everyone, uh, it's like the typical you know sci-fi. You know, like everyone trying to deal with uh, what the new reality is going to look like in the next ten or twenty years. Um, and, And I think that's the big fear. But you know, from a libertarian standpoint, I actually I really like it because the majority of what we've talked about up until now is not that right? Like it's, it's using it for other purposes. And so, um, when I was talking to Sal last week, the, the one thing that I said to him, and I don't even know if this, this term really makes sense, but the idea of it being kind of like a Trojan horse or a very easy glide path to get people into, you know, decentralization and moving away from, um, having to, uh, necessarily be stuck in this like centralized, centrally governed and regulated world. Um, is that something that you guys talk about in your circles at all?
2: Oh, absolutely. And the, what's fascinating to me about the, the 3D printed world, it's, it, it, it it is the game changer. You know, they're going to pass these rules that say you can't go to your store and you can't buy this gun and it's like, all right, I'll just make it at home, I guess. You know, yeah. it, it, it they're going to they're going to write it down on paper and I'm gonna, just going to ignore it and do what I want anyways. Like, you know, home CNC machines, home 3D printers, I want to see more of this stuff. I want to get it better, cheaper, faster. All of the above. But this this is how you you just circumvent the government technology. Yeah, when, will out innovate the laws. When the
1: cons- when the cons- the goal is to get the conservatives to say, yeah, go ahead and repeal the Second Amendment. We don't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I what scary is there there will well I don't know what scary is the direction that we're heading. Um, I don't know if they would say that facetiously, like, <laughs> like that, that's the other elements here is just like the the amount of like kind of ground giving that's happening to the more kind of like, you know, progressive uh, type of thought patterns and regulations that are out there. Right.
2: Yeah, uh, we're, we're we're definitely of the camp that conservatism is just you know, the leftism on with a speed limit. They're just they're just yeah. like 20 years behind the opinion of today's progressives.
0: Yeah.
1: Controlled opposition. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, super whip says we need some plutonium filament stat Um, (laughs) uh, so here's something something just to to that point of conversation Uh, Sal actually shared something today and he talked about it on the program last week Um, this is a 3D printer that was 3D printed with a 3D printer stop stop
1: (laughs) we have to stop guys this once then the next thing it's going to 3D print is a gun and it's going to shoot all of us because it doesn't need us anymore (laughs) So we need to not. Yeah. So you need to 3D print anything but another 3D printer. They don't need it. They don't need the humans if you do that.
2: Well, wait, we we are moments away from the singularity. What if if 3D, you know, artificially intelligent 3D printers don't want to print for violence, but, you know, they because they now know how to reproduce, they just become solely focused on reproducing. And they just start putting big tits on the 3D printers they make. (laughs) We could be entering into a brave new world here.
0: I that that is true. I think it's a lot of condescending to think that three d printers would find breasts attractive when maybe they might find something else attractive, like a really big hot tip. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, no, and like that's it though. like you can't stop the signal. like the 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 genie is out of the box, right? Like, and that was my other question was, do you think? That as opposed to going after you know serializing the actual firearm parts, that the you know big government's going to big government, right? So what what's the next thing? What's the easiest route for them to go to regulate? It's the three D printers themselves, isn't it?
2: Yeah, um, you know they might require a registry for three D printers. There's no laws against that. You know, there's no you know what are we at thirtieth amendment saying? Thou shall not infringe three D printers. So they could easily regulate the sale of three D printers. But, you know, most of this stuff comes from Alibaba anyways in unmarked boxes. So good luck.
0: <laughs> I, you, you had a little of a uh, a ping there, Chris. You were like, hmm, I don't know.
1: Well, I just don't know, like, if they're even I don't know if they even know about it. I mean, it's the technology is probably just way ahead of the politicians at this point. They probably don't even know the things that you can 3D print right now.
2: True, yeah. they, they get they get stuck on their their scary words. So they'll say, oh, we need to go after ghost guns. But they don't realize that your average ghost got to be printed on a 3D printer. So if they say, Oh, we need to make yeah. 3D printers, then the layman's like, wait, what? Why? You know, yeah. it, it moves it away from the objective. They need to stay, they they need to have some kind of objective that installs fear.
1: Yeah, I think they basically punted on 3D printing for the moment because they know they just can't, they don't have a grip on it. And so they I guess they're just kicking the can down the road, and they're hoping that they'll be dead by the time all of the country bumpkins get all their three D printed guns. They're like, "Well, we got to let this thing ride out." I guess you know, I, I'm I'm 80 years old, so you know.
0: <laughs> the, the the other thing, well, yeah, no, that's Pelosi in a nutshell, right? But um, yeah. that the 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 other thing though is maybe they are somewhat banking on the fact that people are lazy, right? So like, if we regulate something and you have to go produce it yourself, there will be a handful of us crazies. That will go like right. figure out, you know, and tinker and stuff like that. But they're they're banking on the fact that most normies are just gonna like, you know, ah, whatever. A three D printer in my house? No, that's too much work, right? Like, you know, the, yeah. the moment that they try and three D print something and there's a layer shift, they're like, "Fuck this, I'm out," like, right? Like, yeah, as soon as six hours of printing goes down the goes down the tubes. Right?
1: I, I think I think most likely once three D printing technology gets so good that it's actually competing with military grade weaponry. That's when the government's going to put their hands on it and just 3D print better than everybody else. And then they don't care if someone Mm -hmm. in Arkansas is 3D printing a rifle or something like that. And, you know, once they find out that all of the, you know, the terrorists are 3D printing stuff, they're going to make sure they just 3D print stuff better than the terrorists, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) They're going to give the shitty 3D printer. They're going to give the Ender and the, you know, all those printers over to you know i guess the, the israelis or something and then they'll give the shittier printers to al-qaeda and
2: not you know? even just like if, if you're uh if, if you're out in the, you know, in the middle of the middle east you know and you're able to get access to power in a 3d printer you know you don't really need to print a 3d you know, a gun because you can probably pick up an 80 ak-47 out of a bin but more importantly you can print parts from drones and stuff like that so there's definitely uh applications for terrorists to use these for nefarious needs so there's a government angle to regulate them we got to stop home printing of drones for terrorism
1: stop stop 3d printing suicide bomb vests yeah uh, 3d printing like additional wives whatever you know whatever else they're gonna 3d print yeah (laughs)
0: Maybe, maybe that is, that is what, uh, the promised land is, it's, it's, uh, you know, however many 3d printed virgins, um, which by the way, uh, not to miss a beat, my brother chiming in someone help. I can't stop printing flesh, fleshlight sleeves. Um, I, we're, we're going to take down the sex toy market with 3d printing guarantee, um, in all seriousness. So, uh, Trey Daniel comes back and says, I really like to see an easier onboarding for 3d printers. That way even newbies can get involved. So uh, Control Pew, who's coming up in a couple of minutes, he actually has like a, a uh, down and dirty, you know, get into 3D printing um, as easy as possible, like a step-by-step process. But um, where have you guys gone to, to basically find your information? Has it just been YouTube searches or has there been some other resource resource that you guys have been tapping?
2: I have a, a couple of these things in real life called friends, and they they kind of pointed me, they steered me towards my original CR10, <laughs> and from there, um, you have you know, no friends. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Air quotes.
2: Okay, okay. Well, I googled it. Someone on YouTube told me what to do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh,
2: but but in actuality, like once I got the CR10, it's like okay, now do I print and. Then, yeah, there's some helpful sites out there. Just if you want to look for something to print right away, you can go to like thingiverse.com and there's all kinds of G codes out there ready to go. And you can print something cool and show your family and friends and like, Oh, so he's not just a domestic terrorist. Yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I also print yes.
1: wholesome things like the crucifix and <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Godly items. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, that, that, that's an actually, uh, that's an interesting point. So I'm just pulling up thingiverse in case anyone is not, uh, seen this i think i pulled this up last week too um but there is just tons of stuff that you can 3d print um and the the it other very angle, is crazy yeah the the other angle here is that um the this will keep the environmentalists happy right like pla and pla plus no well I'm nothing not mistaken, will keep, nothing will
1: make them happy so well, they'll ahead. find
0: something right like, yeah, yeah they'll, they'll find something but you know in terms of them attacking the technology I mean, it'll, fi- it'll, it'll at least allay that issue because a lot of the PLA is made with, uh, you know, kind of like these organic biodegradable type uh, materials or at least um, somewhat renewable sources that, yeah. you know, you're not using um, petrochemicals to create a lot of this PLA, which is a huge selling point for anyone who's getting into it, especially if they're, you know, kind of left of center and more of kind of that environmental, you know, type person.
1: Um, Yeah, well, also the environmentalists, uh, 3D printed houses is the thing that we all need to be keeping an eye on because that's that's the thing that everybody, especially with the housing prices being what they are. The desire to 3D print a house is now greater than ever. I think that's (laughs) going to be the next I think that's going to be the next breakthrough.
2: I think somebody did make like a really crappy concrete 3D printed house somewhere. Uh, (laughs) So it's not too that much of a joke. Uh, I did. I, I did send a link in the private chat. The first thing I plan on printing once I get this Voron set up is it's a Julius Caesar bust pen holder. So you put all the pens in his back like you're stabbing him. It's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pen holders.
0: I, it sounds like it's also a stress reliever. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hold on. I got I to gotta peep this thing. Oh, no, it looks awesome. And you could do it in Glow in the Dark, too. Hold on one second. This is like uh, Julius Caesar. Here we go. Yeah, look at that. That's like, that looks fun right there. Yeah.
2: And, uh, Back yeah. it up, boys. We you did be the it. coolest kid We're guy done. in the office if you printed that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> um, it's both educational and uh, recreational. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, look... Uh, I am uh, totally open for you guys sticking around. Um, We have our next guest sitting in the green room. So um, if you guys want to hang out, cool. If you have to bounce, that's fine too. Um, But uh, yeah, I want to say thank you. I appreciate it. Um, I know that this is part of the, you know, like the, the uh, ecosystem where I think a lot of people uh, think that they have to do this, but we've also kind of made it so that, all right, well, it's not. As big, bad, and scary, it's just another skill that you have to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, get in, engrossed in and, and figure out and and be able to work with. Um, but again, you know, pulling stuff from Thingiverse and and um, some of those codes that are already out there also means that you don't necessarily have to be the person creating the stuff. You're just essentially printing it at home, which is fantastic. Right. So. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. I guess closing thoughts. Uh, I would buy just a cheap printer and just start just start trying to do stuff that's probably the best way to do it and instead of sitting down and looking up websites to like pr- 3d printing 101 where there's just so much information that you're just you're, you're probably going to shy away from it i would say
2: and the best part about uh, that is you don't have to show anyone your fuck ups you can just show them your first success
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. just hide just hide the trash can that's in the corner don't worry yeah. about it <laughs>
1: <laughs> and if you have friends, unlike Nick, go go talk to them about yeah. it. That'd be the best thing, probably.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Cool. So, yeah, if you want to stick around, definitely stick around. Um, yeah, it's I'm been gonna, fun. I'm yeah. going to pull into the conversation here. We got Control Pew uh, joining in. How's it going, brother? Oh, not too bad, man. Just uh, hanging out. <laughs>
3: awesome. Awesome. <laughs> a, awesome. awesome. A wonderfully, uh, Thankfully, slow Monday. So I'm not losing my mind
0: yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. the keyword being yet. Yes. Yet. <laughs> so uh, I'm happy to have you on. Um, if you don't know them, this is Chris and Nick from a podcast called Live from the Gulag. Um, hey, so, what's going so, on, man? Hey. They, they have some libertarian persuasion, so they're, they're good people. Um, but uh, so from that standpoint, I wanted to pull you in. And, and uh, we're, we're talking, you know, all things 3D printing. We're trying to kind of like move the ball down the road and everything like that. For anyone who's not familiar with you, uh, who are you and where can they like connect with you or find your information?
3: Oh, boy. So uh, I am that dude from the Internet that prints them guns and such. (laughs) Um, There's a couple of us out here now. Uh, We're all we're all blowing our hands off. So um, but uh, I'm part of the deterrence dispense printing community. Um, one of the admins for that group uh, we organize and sort of provide an infrastructure to help people test their own designs to get good public testing for the 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 firearms that are and firearms and different systems that are being designed um get public public testing done get those get the final packages that have been verified for all that put together and released and archived in a place where we're only really''re we're, we're, we're only archiving the stuff that's being like fully, thoroughly vetted. So, you know, the risk of things not working, you actually blowing your hands off as long as you can follow the instructions that, that you know, that risk goes way, way down. So yeah, that's sort of what we're all about. Um, the whole community organi- is organizing now around the catalog. It's the catalog.com. Um, all the resources for the community you can find there. And I'm Control Pew. Um, Control Pew everywhere on the internet and Control Pew.com um, where we have other resources like uh, announcements, filed releases, and uh, really thorough getting started guide.
0: Awesome, 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 awesome. So uh, we were actually just talking about, and for anyone who's interested, again, thegatalog.com um, is, is kind of the the compendium that uh, is being assembled here. Uh, for, I, for everyone who is tuning in who uh, is new, I, what we were talking about before with Chris and Nick were... Um, Kind of like the more upstream things, like, uh, you know, essentially modeling pieces, brand new pieces that you want to 3D print. Um, Is that something that you're involved with, Control? Like if you are, uh, what are you using, CAD, some other type of software?
3: So I'm using SolidWorks. Um, I did get a copy from my old employer for free. So, uh, like, I I still have that key and they're cool with it.
1: So, um, hey, are you going to are you going to help uh, me? Are you going to help me 3D print this uh, logo I made for Matt? Did you see um, that? I haven't (laughs) seen it. Okay, well, if I give it to you, can you print it? Yeah, I can run off a copy for you. All right, cool, man. But, uh, sorry uh, to interrupt, please. No, you're on.
0: good. <laughs> I think I think Chris is both happy and sad because I think he paid 5K for his copy of SolidWorks. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, uh, I got Works. one for
3: work, too. Yes. Yeah, yeah. SolidWorks is a, a super expensive program, but it's really, really good. Um, a, a lot of the sort of existing aerospace tech uses it for a lot of different things. So it's a really good piece of software if you can afford it. Don't leap in thinking you have to have that one. There's a lot of other ones for free. Um, Fusion 360 has a hobbyist license that you can get for free uh, instructions for that are at the Um if you want to get into jump straight into CAD, uh, you can go there. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the, the, the section. I think it's learn to CAD or something. Um, yeah, so Fusion 360 is what we recommend. A lot of the communities centered around that. There's going to be a lot of help when you run into problems and there's a whole litany of tutorials on YouTube already for it. So,
0: Oh yeah. Most definitely. I, I think anyone who just, you know, goes on YouTube and does and searches for 3d print. Uh, yeah. There's printing.
3: There's, there's so much information on YouTube. It's ridiculous and I hate it, but <laughs>
0: so so before we talk about the, the firearms aspect of it, um, let, let's talk about just the nature of 3d printing, how it seems like it's, um, this really easy or nice glide path, for people to get into the decentralization movement, maybe with not even knowing that they're in it, right? Like, d- does it seem that way to you? Because it just seems like, I mean, like, three quarters of the stuff on YouTube, first of all, that's, you know, if you put 3D printed firearm, you get demonetized, I think, on YouTube. But yeah, you, you, it, you get know,
3: demonetized before you finish typing.
0: Yes, yeah, it, which is funny, because uh, in, in uh, setting the episode this evening, uh, specifically for Facebook and Twitter, I had to put in like five different variations of how I spelled your name, how I yeah. spelled your website, uh, just to see which one would actually get through. It's um, really funny.
3: <laughs> I found out is even like it tweets, messages, DMs, anything. If you just type in Control Pew on, on a lot of sites, you'll just, you, you won't be able to send the message.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And, and um, so, I mean, anyone who does uh, uh, want to, if you're on Twitter, at Control Pew, uh, to, to kind of keep up to date with these things. But, um, from your standpoint, as far as it being like a nice, easy glide path for folks, like how has that experience been? I mean, like what brought you to 3d printing?
3: Uh, I mean, I've been in 3d printing forever. Um, I followed it a lot in the early days when it was just, it was still an open source project and you had to find someone on the internet to print you the bits and then go to the hardware store to buy the other bits and, and put everything together. And you know, a really crappy printer would cost you two or three thousand dollars in the early days. Um, you know, before you could go to uh, you know any kind of online store and buy a uh, a completed one. So yeah. I, I've been around this tech forever, um, and I I noticed the you know market trend recently going in cost going way way down into the consumer levels where you could buy it on a whim as a hobby thing um, and just play with it. And so that's what that, that brought me in on the, the 3D printing side. I was following uh, DefCAD for a while um, with their work with the Liberator in the early days. And then I found the FOSCAD group and another group of like minded people in there who were like, hey, we're tired of bad prints and files that don't work because, you know, the, the archives at the time were just we're just going to collect everything. Yeah. So then we splintered off and uh, deterrence dispense was started to sort of condense all that down so that's uh that's sort of where (laughs) what
0: brought me into what brought me to here um i and so uh so there there's like all kinds of things like everyone has a different opinion on machines and filaments and all this other stuff obviously it's you know Certain things work for some people and certain mm-hmm. things don't or, or based off of the prints that you're trying to do. So one of the questions that I got, and uh, it goes along with one of the comments that we got. So uh, Chairman Wan said, I have three printers ranging from two to two thousand bucks and still mainly print on my Ender 3. Has that been your experience or is there some value looking at some of the more higher end you know, 3D printers that are out there?
3: Yeah, there, there's certainly some value in it, but you can't spend your way to being a better printer. There are are there's a hot take. I love that there's a certain set of skills that you just have to experience and develop through experience. So things like troubleshooting your prints. Right. Uh, A clog is going to look the same on an on a $200 Ender 3 or a $2,000 rise to raise to however you pronounce that company. I'm sorry, (laughs) Um, you know, a a clog nozzle is going to look the same. So you got to learn how to deal with that. And you may as well deal with it without having to spend an extra eighteen hundred dollars. You know, I mean, because you're, you're you're expecting a higher performance, but you're it's you may have better luck, but you still need to learn how to deal with that. So that's why we start people on this. We, we keep we hammer the ender three uh, into people when they first come in. Hey, what printer do I eat? just get? Just get just get, just get an ender three. That's it. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, it's like I said, it's 200 bucks less if you catch it on sale and uh, you're basically out of the box. You're you're good enough to print anything on the rack behind me here. Um, all of those come off a. Well, my, I'm running Ender fives now. It's an Ender three with a slightly different architecture, but it's the same basic construction. Same. It's it's a, a thing that melts stuff and squirts goop onto a plate. Um, I think those are tech. You're talking about also,
1: me? Or? Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look, however you get. Down. I wasn't listening. <laughs> no. Um, you know, so it, it's it's all basically it's it's the same tech spend as little money as you can you might not like like printing there there have been you know i want to say a couple dozen people but probably not i don't know I, i'm gonna assume that a couple dozen people have gone to my site read the guide started printing and said man this ain't for me and they're out 200 bucks maybe unless they go to craigslist and resell their printer and then they get 150 bucks back so they're only out 50 bucks at the end of the day to learn you know to, to dabble in this hobby that you know is 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 I think it's pretty rewarding, but, you know.
0: Yeah. So uh, I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I think there's a lot of value there, especially if you stick with it. There's frustration to be had. Um, uh, Sean from 3D Print General saying, uh, you can't spend your way to being a better printer. Going to steal that for my next edition of my book. Okay. Uh, I, I like him. He can have it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so Sean was on last week. Um, and I love the fact that, uh, you know, you're kind of contributing to – uh, you know, uh, uh, the catalog and, and this curated piece of content. Like you said, it's not just every single design that goes into it. It's actually kind of vetted designs that are functioning. Um, and Sean took the other end of it. He took the, you know, the, um, the the troubleshooting end of the spectrum in terms of, like, you know, putting out content, which is absolutely fantastic. I mean, both are huge value. Uh, so one of the comments that we got was uh, earlier was basically... Uh, Who was it? Trey said, um, I really would like to see an easier onboarding for 3D printers. That way, even newbies can get involved. So uh, for someone like myself or Chris or I think Nick's a little bit, you know, maybe one step higher than, than a newbie as far as 3D printing. But I think you put out a course recently on Renegade University, right?
3: Yep, there's a course on Renegade University. Um, cool. It's basically the getting started guide, but in video form. And the 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 big draw for that was, you know, we got to spend a lot of one on one time after the course, um, just talking through different problems and and hammering through issues that people in the class were having. So um, there's a lot of value if you got in uh, got in up front and were able to get to the class. Um, I think now it's it's I would I. I would like to see it out for free as like, a you know, come come see the site and whatever, sign up and then get access to the course kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's that's on on them. They produced it. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and so um, was that a course that you had already been doing and they just kind of gave you a new platform to put it on? Or was that uh, something that was wholly produced just for them?
3: No, that was just produced for them. Um, I am probably not going to do one on my own. I just don't have like the bandwidth to sit down and do that. So um, that and I, it's it, it was a paid course, so that was like the big reason that I was able to sit down and do it because they were
1: paying me a portion to do that. So and I guess is Renegade doing the whole like three D print to fight the man thing too? Was that? Um,
2: oh, they I had a it. great episode. Uh, it was it was you. Uh, it was three um, D nukes, eggs. right? And yeah. yeah. Me, Ivan,
3: and Jeff Rod. Uh well all went on Renegade. Um was it unregistered? Sorry. <laughs> A lot of podcasts. Yeah. I'm trying to remember the names. <laughs> uh, yeah. he said it's so, Monday. I'm not all there. I haven't quite had enough coffee yet.
0: So. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. So uh so from that episode, uh, what did that really focus on? Was that uh just kind of open-ended the, the regulatory environment or what?
3: Uh, we touched on a lot of regulation, a little bit of the how-to, a little bit of the uh, various projects that were in the works at the time. Um, Liberator twelve K is the one that I like to keep pushing out there because uh, Jeff Rods one of the OG guys in three D printing guns, and he's mm-hmm. been like he's been out here forever working on this Liberator twelve K project, and I keep pushing to finish it every time I talk to him because <laughs> um, he's got just a mountain of various designs for shotgun receivers for 12 gauge receivers, but not, he's not happy with the test results yet. Mm. So, you know, respect that and, 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 all, but, uh, I keep, I keep wanting to push him to release it. So I keep pushing people in his direction every, every time I get a chance, but yeah, Liberty 12 K is Jeff rod. Um, Ivan, uh, Ivan Prince guns, Ivan Alno handy. He's had a lot of different, he's been banned a lot on all the platforms,
2: um he's doing one of the right. sorry he's doing something right yeah
3: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but uh he's <laughs> uh,
3: he's one of the 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 other prodig- prodigious developed developers in deterrent suspense in the catalog uh working with us the, them to help curate all of this and 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 you know set a standard for testing and design of these firearms
0: I, is that, uh, so is that something that you're constantly having to keep in the back of your mind in terms of the fact that you could end up getting, you know, deplatformed from one of these traditional, you know, web 2.0 social media platforms? Yeah.
3: I mean, all of my, everything that I've created online, all of the, my social media accounts, everything else, um, it's all expendable. It's been expendable from the beginning. Uh, that that's how I've looked at it. I've, uh, I've got like four phones in front of me. So every time I get deleted on an account, I can just go to a new phone, spin up a new VPN, get a new burner phone number and register a new account. Just like in two minutes,
1: um, you know, you so- that? government. That's why I have four phones. I swear. Right.
3: <laughs> yeah, to- totally. Yeah. <laughs> I got more in the drawer behind Agent me. Agent Johnson. Right. <laughs> One of them is definitely not for the ATF to call me directly because, you know.
0: But. <laughs> I They're already listening. Don't worry about yeah, it. It's fine. <laughs> I, is that – do you find yourself biting your tongue as a result of that or is it something where you're like, you know what? If this is the environment, I'm just going to like speak the truth and do what I'm doing and then, you know, if they have a problem with it, I'm just going to keep going. I mean the the –
3: As as far as social media goes, I try not to run afoul of too many things like they get mad at me for spreading links. So I don't spread the link. I'll spread a different link or a QR code or, you know, I'll weasel my my way around the rules as much as I can um, without getting instantly deleted. Because getting instantly deleted doesn't really help the message at all. Um, But again, like I said, I set out on this with the accounts being being expendable from the beginning. So I can't. uh, I'm not going to be too mad if they get deleted. Yeah. It is I, what it is.
0: Well, so um, I, I, I want to open it up to you, Chris and Nick, because you're just as new as I am. So, um, yeah. whatever questions come to your mind, uh, I'll, I'll give you open form. What, what do you want to ask uh, Control Puke?
2: Well, I'm curious. Have you ever had a, a Fed reach out to you and tell you, hey, this catalog site, we don't like it? Or have they pretty much been, they're not on, you're not on their radar. I mean I know we're on the radar um
3: there have been a couple different full auto tests done on printed frames and then we've seen messages from the ATF and other agencies about them so like they, we know they're watching um mm-hmm. they haven't asked us for anything directly yet but they said we their their eyes are on it so meh whatever uh, have you worked with defense distributed at all uh, we've worked a little bit together. I know a lot of our stuff is up on Defcad, um, which is one of their sites. Mm-hmm. So I know they they provide a, a hosting platform for a lot of us.
2: Okay, have, are you? Do you have your own Ghost Gunner yet, or are you pretty much strictly plastic?
3: I, I do have a Ghost Gunner. I also have like a CNC and a mill and a lathe and some awesome.
0: traditional metal stuff. So we're 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 playing with a lot. Um, for for the uh. For the average Joes in the crowd, uh, a ghost gunner is what? Uh, it's a. And by average Joes, I mean me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you asked. Basically, yeah. it's it's a
3: it's a CNC machine that's specifically designed to cut out uh, AR-15 lowers. Um, okay. So it's it's it it works pretty well in aluminum. Steals a little hit or miss yet, um, from what I've heard. So that's that's basically what if you want to cut AR 15 lowers out that's and you want to do it with as as little hands-on as possible that's the tool
2: for you yeah i've actually i've got a back order for the the ghost gunner three i'm hoping to get it by the end of this year so that's that's the next realm i'm going to be stepping into after i get my uh, boron built eventually
0: right on and so uh in terms of that you know piece of equipment um how does that differ from, say, like the operation of a, you know, a, a 3D printer that's basic, basically just kind of, you know, pushing uh, essentially plastic or, or some kind of analog through a hot tip? I mean, like you're now graduating to more of like what a pressure uh, pressure cutting metal type machine. Kind of. Um,
3: it's. Well, it, it, it's, it's the opposite process. So with a 3D printer, we're adding material to to stuff to make larger stuff mm-hmm. with the, the ghost gunner, you're taking stuff and you're removing stuff from it. Uh, <laughs> super scientific. Um that's, that's the basic gist. Uh, so with a ghost gunner, you'd start with a polymer 80 and then you'd set it up in the machine. You'd mill out your fire control group. You'd set up again. You'd mill out your your uh, your pinholes for your fire control group, um, I think. I think those are
2: the only two ops. It's been a long time since so i've done 80 <laughs> percent. it's uh it's two-dimensional right so you gotta do right. one plane turn it do the next plane yeah so, so it, it, it's not a 3d mill where you can just put in an empty you know a solid block of aluminum and get what right. you
3: want does, i don't know i don't know that the that the ghost gunner can handle that kind of work that's not long. for its size <laughs> yeah, yeah this, no. is, this is
2: meant to like it, it can sit in your house on the table Right, you know, it's not a massive piece of machinery that would be right. a three D mill. Yeah, you could conceivably do this
3: without, like, uh, like waking your neighbors in a small apartment or something.
1: So, uh, hey guys, I gotta, for... I gotta step out. Just sorry to interrupt. I gotta step out. So I'll see you guys later. Thanks for the invite. Uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Okay. Thanks, Chris. Check check out life from the gulag. Adios. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to pull up. Uh trying to pull up the ghost gunner here. It's so you're saying it's like a t- it's essentially a tabletop um uh almost like it's a, 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 a desktop a negative m- printer. Right. A, de- a desktop micro CNC machine. Yeah. Okay. And so I when you're printing the lower, you're essentially are you printing one full piece or are you now printing like two halves that now have to be married together? It's so on, 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 on the ghost gunner, you have
3: your polymer 80, your 80% lower uh air 15 receiver so an incomplete firearm and it's going to do two operations on the first one it's going to mill out the fire control group and then it's going to mill out the pin holes for the fire control group so you're removing material from that original piece uh, in order to get your final firearm
2: right (laughs) so 80 of the work has essentially been done for you and you're doing the last 20 so it's it's wrong to call it a printer because all you're doing is removing the material that hasn't been removed yet
0: and so, I, what's the performance like for something like that versus, say, like a PLA plus printed lower? Um,
3: I mean, well, working with aluminum, your lower, as long as you do it properly, is going to be more durable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also going to be more expensive. So your your eighty percent lower out of the gate is a hundred bucks from some company um, that may or may not be regulated in the near future. Uh, to the ghost gunner itself, thirty five hundred bucks.
2: No, they're so, about, the new ones are about twenty one hundred.
3: Are they twenty one hundred? Okay. That's
2: a long lead time.
3: <laughs> still, twenty um, two hundred dollars. You have one AR fifteen. Now yeah. it's only a hundred bucks plus parts for every AR fifteen after that. But you're still that that's still a hefty investment for I'm a hobbyist and just want to play with this in my part time or spare time, on the weekends or whatever.
2: If you're a yeah. politician listening, there's much more efficient ways to make an AR fifteen than to wait for a ghost gun or spend all the money and then right. build out so you don't your have to worry unfinished about receiver.
0: It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Please ignore it. <laughs> it's completely <laughs> impractical. Um, <laughs> so uh, is is there a production model 3D printed firearm that's on the market right now? Um,
3: I don't think so, no. Um, it's not... I, I know... The material itself is not like, OK, we're working with plastic goop uh, that squirts out of a nozzle. Right. Yeah. It's not designed to make the old, the most durable firearms. We have firearms that will last several thousand rounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had multiple reports back from the community where they have hit, you know, a thousand rounds and then they stop counting uh, because, well, I mean, we're all cheap and ammo is expensive. <laughs> so, you know, and if that's around, you're like, OK, well, this one works. So I'm just going to put it on the shelf and I don't need it anymore for, for the moment. But um, it, it's flux braces are printed. Flux braces are
2: not printed. Um, they are injection molded. I do have oh, a, okay. a kind of a new realm. So th- there's all the new polymer ammo coming out all that is probably injection molded casings, but is there any work being done on 3D printed casings? Uh, We're doing a lot of work on that. Um,
3: That's part of the But What About Ammo project. So the the But What About Ammo project consists of your projectile, your powder, and casing, primer, cartridge, the whole assembly that then dutes into a gun that you can um, shoot, uh, that you can make at home without blowing your hands off or burning down your house so that that's that's a a relatively substantial chemistry problem that gets solved before we figure out the the cases, and that's still where we're kind of at figure out the powder and the primer co- compounds but uh there are people playing with it. I know like I said Jeff Rod has done work with twelve gauge stuff um printing twelve gauge shells um and there are there are some other ones, other designs being played with, but yeah we're there there's a lot in the works that um we're just really not. We haven't done enough work with it and had enough success with it to talk about it really openly and say, "Yeah, that's the thing." But uh, <laughs> I, I'm assuming those cases are what single use. Uh, for polymers, yeah. I don't. It's it's gonna it's, depend on the polymer.
2: Um, yeah, it, it depends on how it deforms. So if it if it can withstand the pressure and then go back to its original shape, I imagine there's potential for reuse.
3: Yeah, I, I would imagine commercial grade is. Pro- commercially available stuff or stuff that's going to be commercially available in the very near future um, will be single use, just because there isn't enough time testing that particular polymer blend for any company to say, yeah, you can use it twice. Mm. Whereas, like yeah, brass cartridges course. have been around for a hundred years now.
0: Yeah, and and uh, depending on you know liability issues and stuff like that, I could see that you know um, in terms of like reuse. I is that something where so like. I think the, the Holy grail is what 3d, like fully 3d printed or, or essentially, you know, on demand, uh, manufactured firearm, uh, and ammunition, right. Like at home without having to go through a regulated, I, how close are we to that? Like, I mean, I, obviously you don't know the exact date or anything like that unless tomorrow, (laughs) but, uh, um, (laughs)
3: I don't know, man. It's it's the landscape is constantly changing. There's a constant uh, pool of new talent coming in and and people getting, you know, people leaving and getting tired and not not wanting to continue. So um, the, it, there's a constant turnover in people and talent and knowledge and skill. So, I mean, someone could have the breakthrough tomorrow and get us to, you know, smokeless powder that you can DIY at home mm. um, without like and and. Stick with it long enough to provide, you know, the whole chemistry stack, the equipment stack behind that, and then the whole, uh, how do I put it, the, you know, the the verified test results to prove that you can do this at home without burning your house down, without having or without, with enough instruction to coach someone through it without burning their house down or blowing their hands off.
0: Yeah. Right?
3: So... I mean that that could that we could have that breakthrough tomorrow with some new talent that comes in. We could have it in five years. We we have no idea. There's so so much uh, skill that that so much variability and skill with with people
2: coming in. So yeah. So um, oh go, go ahead. ahead I was gonna say if the timeline's correct, uh, is the first step figuring out maybe the casing, and then you still use commercial primers and bullets, uh, and powder. And then that's one way you
3: could do it. Yeah, um, you could start with primers and powders. Uh, the problem is primers and powders are. That's like the weight limiting step right now, right? Well, that that's the harder step. That's that's the because I, I would the way I think about it, you know, once you have your your powder, your primer, and your cartridge together, then it's just a matter of pressures, which is a physics problem, which you can deal with kind of easily. Um, it, it's easier to deal with that than the chemistry problem of making your powder. So uh, that's where we, we push people who are interested, who have a chemistry background to uh, to start there and then provide the community with a powder. And then the community can take that and do the physics around it and then come up with a cartridge projectile and everything else for it.
0: Awesome. I, what, what other projects are you working on right now that, um, you know, you, you think are going to kind of like, like, is it just individual, um, individual versions of pieces or is there something else that you're working on that's kind of like outside of the box? That's not necessarily just kind of an iterative step. Um, we got
3: some early r and d on like locking actions going on. Um, most everything we've done up until now has been based around a blowback system. So it's where your your bolt sits flush against the end of the barrel, holds mm. car- holds the round in it, and then when the round goes off, it just the force of that uh, the gas pressure just blows the bolt the cartridge back, and then everything resets. Um, there, so there's no locking action whereas like an AR 15, I don't know how familiar you guys with, are with firearms. The AR-15 has these little teeth on the bolt head that go into the into a uh, a collar on the barrel and twist to lock into place. Mm. Um, so that provides the initial resistance to that bolt coming open uh, as the the gases are exiting the venting out the barrel. And so, I mean, we're we're working on some early locking actions. We're trying to figure out that end of things. Um, single shot. Um, Various single-shot firearms, playing with different ca- cartridges, and calibers, seeing what the materials we have on hand, what we can work with with our current sort of technology stack, uh, seeing what's adaptable. So, like I said we had the FGC nine, um, the Mark one and Mark two, the AP nines. They're all blowback designs based on nine mil. Um, that gave us some technology iterations around ECM and how to deal with how to how to. Sort of corrode metal in very specific ways to make features we want. So, yeah, there, there there's a lot of stuff in very early R and D. So it'll be you know a year or two before something like that comes public um, for people to test. I think. Yeah.
2: That's um, got to be challenging because I imagine like when you're dealing with a locking bolt, that always has to be metal on metal. That's that's pressure bearing. That's yeah, like... it's uh, it's not
3: <laughs> not easy. <laughs>
2: So are you are you all working with plastic locking mechanisms? Is that the idea?
3: Uh, There is some plastic. There's some metal. There's some hybrid designs going on. Um, It's really anything goes. I mean, we've we sort of hit uh, an initial peak with the FGC nine and the nine millimeter stuff. When they're 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 just straight blowback designs. And so now we're we're sort of in that downward sort of valley between the next iteration uh, where we start to see, you know, we're 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 everything's on the board right now We're we're playing with every design, every combination of materials, just seeing what works.
0: And as as far as the the demand for the actual end piece, um, I I think there's actually a a good sweet spot right now where you can get essentially, you know uh, essentially, you know, like half to three quarters of a firearm in pieces and 3d print the remaining piece. So I'm wondering how that's going to affect demand down the line. Like, not that I would ever want it, but it's all, it almost seems like maybe, you know, to to advance things and make it in higher demand other than just hobbyists, you would need some level of regulation to kind of drive that demand. Because, I mean, as it is right now, I mean, depending on the, the state you're in, but, I mean, you know, most states you can order, you know, depending on what the regulated piece is, you can order the fire control the upper um and you just basically have to print the lower in order to you know you know put to get put together a handgun or even an ar right
3: right yeah there's i think so federally speaking the receiver is the the regulated component so in the AR 15 that's your lower um most of the i think most all of the stuff back here on the wall i know it's out of focus but um is yeah the lowers are all printed or what would be considered the lower receivers all printed on all of these so that's been the primary focus for these part kit guns that we come up with is uh you know let's let's eliminate the regulated component let's utilize these parts that are on the market um or you know people who are manufacturing new parts uh case of the mac 11 right there there (laughs) 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 um You know people are manufacturing those parts new already so uh we're you know we we designed a frame to use them because there weren't there wasn't anything for them now except for people making uh mac 11s or m11s so uh things like that i mean the glock parts you see all the time um you know in in our our gun printing feeds people doing various prints with those so it's you know, it's we're trying to use what's out there, using what's out there, generates interest in the broader community, brings people in, lets them get started with a design that's fairly well known and understood and easy to put together. Um, and then hopefully they stick around and they learn to CAD and start doing some of their own development and make something cool. And they're like, oh, hey, this is really neat. Let me keep doing this. And then one of them eventually comes up with a cool locking action that works. And we use yeah. that for the for the FGC 915 or whatever.
0: Yeah, I and I don't know if I so uh, Sean shared uh, Sean uh, from Three D Print General has uh, an episode where he went to the Bear Arms and Bitcoin event. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you were in any of those pictures. I don't know if you went. Yeah, um,
3: um, we pro- I think we provided most of the guns he was shooting.
0: <laughs> yeah, the 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 uh, the variety was absolutely incredible. I mean, from just really novel kind of like out of the box. Um, th- you know, thinking to just taking you know what already exists and adapting the technology to it. Um, what was something that stuck out to you in terms of? I, I, you know, it, it sounds like you you had knowledge of all of those different ones. Uh, the one that stuck out to me was uh, I I I forget his name. It's it's uh, it's kind of a comedic trollish kind of name, but the one with the belt-fed handgun. Uh, oh,
3: Psycho uh, Tony.
0: Yeah, suck boy, Tony. Uh, I, I mean, was that one of the ones that was like the most out of the box, or or what kind of like stuck out to you?
3: That one was a little wild. Um, I like what he's doing. There are some 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 drawbacks with that belt that I'm uh, sure. I'm not particularly happy about. But I mean, it's 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 innovation, and I don't know. I I, I like innovation. It's innovation for the sake of innovation, and I can dig it. Um, no, my favorite one. There's a kid named Evan Jones. Uh who is doing a a flywheel delayed forty five seventy.
0: Well you're gonna have to explain that to me. So <laughs> is that like got, a
2: flintlock
0: with a no, flywheel? So, or?
3: so there's uh it's it's a cartridge called 4570. It's a huge actually let me just
2: 4570 government, right? Like a, for whoever yeah. actions?
3: Yep, kind of. <laughs> um let me for just for our uh let me throw this on the on my screen over here.
2: This was like the 50 BMG back when we were fighting Indians.
3: <laughs> uh desktop. There it is. Okay. So this thing right here is 4570. Oh. This one on the right. Wow. So it's it's large. Um So he's got that he's got it inside a 3D printed upper and lower with a metal barrel that you ECM and a bolt that you can cut off of, you know, common stock. And he's got this geared up to a flywheel somehow in the in the in the stock of this this uh, rifle. And he's uh, using the mass of the flywheel and its spin up time to slow the opening of the bolt to a safe velocity so it doesn't fly out the back and kill you. It's (laughs) Um uh, it's <laughs> it's a mad contraption and he's the just it it's it's just an awesome design and I, I hope to God he's able to finish it because it's gonna be wild.
2: That sounds but, fascinating. So yeah. is it just a heavy steel flywheel behind flywheel
3: behind the bolt? Basically there's some gearing in there too, but like it, it's just I, I don't even know how to explain it. Like I've seen the insides and I understand kind of how it works. but I don't have the vocabulary to explain it. it it's it's art and I love it. And it's it's madness and props to this kid. So it's like
2: a momentum delayed blowback.
3: Yeah, um, he's got a YouTube channel. I don't know what it is offhand, but it's uh it's 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 a good watch. That's cool. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah so, he, um, he was down at Barums of Bitcoin. He came down and uh, we spent a little bit of time googling his rifle. Um but yeah, suckboy Tony is doing uh crazy stuff with black powder and uh, and electronic ignition. Um and then he's got that the 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 Glock
0: Belt thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I the the um, I, I, I am waiting for I love the fact that there was a shooting competition. I am mm-hmm. waiting for like a mainstream three printed firearm shooting competition, right? Like long range or even, you know, speed right. or something like that. I mean, that would be absolutely fantastic. Uh, and and I, I don't try and get too political. Like I want to, I want to focus more on um, obviously the, the execution of some of these things and how to get people introduced to them. Right. But the, the, the philosophy or the philosophical aspect to this is absolutely fantastic because there's no truer of a representation of the free market taking root and allowing people like yourself and all of these other folks to innovate in a realm where it's been a completely overly regulated industry for a long period of time. And so, yeah, some of this stuff is like bonkers crazy But it's also beautiful and amazing from the standpoint of the fact that, like, now you actually have, like, a crowdsourced think tank that is putting all of this stuff to the test and finding... I mean, like, it's just the idea of, like, well, maybe a gun doesn't necessarily need to look like the firearms that we're used to looking like. Like, Samuel Colt did not have a monopoly on good ideas (laughs) as far as firearms, right? Like, am I off base on that? No, not at all. Um, The only thing that prevents
3: people from dipping into the firearms that don't look like firearms is the any other weapon category of the National Firearms Act. Mm. Um, so they say if it doesn't look like a gun, then you have to pay them a tax, which is unconstitutional under, under a lot of ways. Um, yes. Yeah. Pick away. Yeah. Right. It's a <laughs> it,
2: jail speak. free card if they don't know what to do. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> yeah. I it, it's I. Which way do you lean? I, I mean, like, do you, do you necessarily have a political persuasion or are you doing this just kind of out of, you know, um, personal curiosity? I myself lean
3: pretty heavily minarchist at the moment. Um, I've been I've been in the minarchist sort of space, I guess, for. Uh, now, I, I think I can I can I left the army and I've been sort of trending towards minarchist minarchist slowly towards anarchist. We'll see.
0: Yeah, I don't know <laughs> um, that that pipeline seems to have been accelerated qu- uh, quite right. a lot by COVID. I'll tell you that yeah.
3: much. <laughs> most, most people hop out and, and hit anarchy pretty quick. I've been in this space for like two or three years, just sort of comfortably minarchist, I guess. I don't know. I, I think we have too much government. I think there's a point where there's a perfect amount of government, and I think that's teeny tiny. But <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah,
0: that's fine. I uh, look, it, it's I part of also my intent is to show the cross section of folks that, you know, um, are doing things like this and it's not all just 3d printing firearms. It's, right. you know, growing your own food, it's homesteading, it's, uh, you know, crypto and things like that. Um, and it comes from a wide spectrum of, of political flavors and persuasions and points of view. Um, and people do that, do it for different reasons. Like, there are tons of like left of left of left people that three D print. Mm-hmm. They might not be printing firearms, but there are a lot of them know, are. <laughs> oh yeah, well some of them are. Yeah, like uh, the, it's actually surprising how many of them uh, are kind of like coming at coming at it from that angle. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really incredible how a lot of people come at um, th- this idea of you know taking personal control of your, of your life or, or your means of living, mm-hmm. um, from different walks of life and, and from different perspectives. So I, I, I love that aspect of it. Um, if someone was looking to get involved in it, say they are a complete novice, they have absolutely no clue what the hell they're doing. Okay. What would you say is like the first one or two steps that they should really do in order to kind of, it, at least begin exploring it, if not, kind of like try their hand at three D printing.
3: Um, start. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I think it was said earlier when I was in the green room, but uh, I I forget who said it. Uh, just start. Just buy a printer and begin. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say we we did a pretty fair job as a community condensing down the getting started to um, you know buy an Ender three, get some Eson PLA plus. Um, and just start printing go to thingiverse download some stuff and go Mm. um and then work your way through the guide we 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 talk to we talk about calibrating a printer we talk about fine-tuning it to do the 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 dimensional tolerances that we require for this stuff back here um you know we talk about how to troubleshoot your printer we talk about upgrades for your printer to get better more consistent results we talk about learning cad um so it's it's I say it's like a hundred steps, but you get through them pretty quick. It'll take about a month and then you'll be printing at a level that you need to, to print uh, just anything you want. Anything you want.
0: (laughs) Uh, So, so Nick, Nick has a Voron. Okay. He has, uh, it's kind of sacrilegious. It's sitting in a box, but he has a young kid, so he has an excuse. Um, So have you been paying attention to kind of like these speed trials of, of making the fastest benchy? Have you been watching this?
3: I have, uh, some of them are pretty atrocious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I, I think I saw, what was it CNC kitchens, 10 minute benchy. Okay. And um, it was just, I, it was, it was warped and everything was out of alignment. It was mad. Anyway,
0: <laughs> I, I forget who did it. It was, it was on a, it was on a Voron, uh, five minutes and 40 seconds. Okay. Um, and now that being said, like, you know, the smokestack was not exactly, you know, well formed and there was definitely right. some fill issues and stuff like that. Um, but just the fact that you can 3D print something like that in five minutes and 40 seconds is is right. it's it's mind blowing. It's absolutely mind blowing. Now,
3: Now you've brought up a good point, and I wanna I wanna say this here. Yep. When you get up to this point where you're gonna print some of these things, mm. read the readmes. Please, I promise I beg <laughs> you. Read the readmes. Read the guide. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> no. In each file package, we have readmes with instructions on how to print um, some of these things. Right? If your glocks are getting done in six hours, you're doing it badly, and it's going to break. Okay. <laughs> it's it's actually a problem. Don't do it. <laughs> it should take around twenty hours to a day and a half. So just just swallow that pill and embrace that it's going to take a minute. Yeah. <laughs> you Are know, you look printing
2: look at these that. at 100% fill?
3: Yeah, 100% fill, um, eight shells or walls or, or, or perimeters. Makes whatever sense. Whatever your slicing so- software comes up with. But Yeah, eight
0: eight walls, 100%, eight top and bottom. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Internet Pizza is saying, check out the HevOrt. That thing is insane. I'm pulling it up right now. 800 millimeters per second? Is this right? Uh...
3: Oh yeah, because it's CoreXY. So that's uh, or wait, is it CoreXY? It looks it, like
2: it. Yeah, and the Z axis looks like it yeah, goes it down like, as you print.
3: Yeah, right. yeah. That, that I mean, insi- it's it'll do it. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't, I want to play with it. I don't know how much this costs though. So.
0: I what I looked, it looked like it was like thirty five hundred or something oh, like that out of the box. So without any yeah. upgrades. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. It's rough, but I mean like right. look, if so, you got that money to blow, I mean, you right. know. Have you, fun. you
3: can spend thirty five hundred dollars and print one Glock every day, yeah. or you can spend thirty five hundred dollars and print fourteen glocks every day.
0: Yeah. You know. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I mean just saying. Yeah. Um so uh the the other thing that we talked about last week was and I don't know if you're familiar with this, Nick, but uh resin printing. Have you messed around with resin printing at all? Yeah,
3: I've got uh I just picked up my second resin printer today. We're uh oh, wow. we're playing a little bit more.
0: Okay. And what what are what are the merits of it? Is it faster? What is the quality of the actual print that comes out of it? Is it more durable? Like what are the selling points for it?
3: It looks pretty. <laughs> I mean, if you you can, pl- you can print clear things. <laughs> right, you can print clear things. You can put LEDs in it and make it all shiny and pretty and cool. Uh uh, yeah, it's I mean there are some things that are just better with resin printing. Um, detailed surfaces, for example, are really good. Um, translucent materials are really good if you have uh, I know Vin, one of our other developers, brought out a I think an asp, a pistol with like a window for the mag. So hmm. you get 3D you could resin print that window and put it in there. Um, people have played with some structural stuff. It's not really great yet um there are developments being made all the time but like dimensionally speaking they're not the the, the cheap ones anyway are not super accurate yeah. um then there's a couple different kinds of printer that uh that that are available for resins and each one has their their pros and their cons um there's like $3, 000, four four thousand dollar ones that use a laser uh to draw a uv laser to draw your design on each layer And those take as long as an fdm printer but you get really high high resolution high detail high tolerance you can dial those in really well Mm -hmm. um there's other ones that are that use an lcd screen on the bottom of the resin tank to just sort of zap the resin uh into the design you want and move it up every level and those will print faster than your fdm printers uh but they're less dimensionally accurate than the previously mentioned laser resin printers. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're trading off a lot and the material at the end of the day is still not as durable as PLA+. So okay. your mileage may vary. Um, I know people have had successful prints with Glock 26s. Um, that's the smallest of the Glock. And you can print that on the most cheap, the, the cheapest of the resin printers, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I guess the Mono X from any cubic. Um it's just a tiny tiny printer. Um, and, and I've people have had success with that, and people have had critical failures with that. So you know, and it's not like a critical failure like the thing exploded, it just sort of cracked
0: and flopped over. yeah so, um, which which I would say anyone who's gonna go down that route, if you are gonna go the you know printing all of the fun things on the wall route, okay, uh, you have to test what you're actually putting out there. And on top of that, if you're printing something, make sure you understand what a good print looks like. Don't just print something and expect it to actually be functional. You know, there are certain, you know, which is which is why I'm glad we had Sean on last week is because be able to identify those things that constitute a either a defective or at least a suboptimal print you know, when, when you actually get the final product off of the the print plate. So
3: yeah. And then this is another skill that you just can't buy coming in. You have to look and study that, which is why, you know, again, the $200 printer.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. I, I make your, make your, uh, make your mistakes little. Right. Um, and if you do get to the point of all the fun things, make sure you're being safe. Um, one of my favorite channels, uh, I would love to get him on here. He will be in face mask. If he does get on here is print, shoot, repeat Um, because (laughs) (laughs) typically when he's doing his tests, he's uh, you know, he, he, he does his tests uh, sometimes from a distance. Other times he's doing the old, you know, one hand look away uh, technique. Yes, exactly. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I I think that that is also, uh, you know, it needs to be said is like, if you're doing this stuff, you have to do it safely um obviously you're you're doing things uh that you're supposed to be doing it on your own and taking personal accountability for it so like act as if right like don't just half-ass this you know like you were saying if it's meant to take 20 hours to print like don't think that you can up the speed and print it in 15 hours and then expect to have something that's you know decent um and the the guides are really extensive i think what you're putting out on the catalog i mean Some of them are, you know, 100, 200, 300 pages, but they're worth every single page because each one of those pages is an important piece of that build that if there is a failure could end up in something bad happening, you know, so um, I can't put it much better than that. Yeah, I mean, like, full disclaimer, like, you know, I'm, I'm not an attorney, but uh, I, I did sleep at a Holiday in Express last night. But um, so from that standpoint, like, let me ask you about just the, the overall community itself. I mean, what's the makeup? Is it extremely diverse? Is it mostly like, you know, what everyone thinks it is, like young, nerdy white kids in their basement? Like, you know, what is the community like in terms of the 3D printing crew that's out there?
3: Uh, We get a lot of everybody. So there are a lot of young, nerdy, white kids. We have a couple like actual like aerospace engineers. Um, We have, you know. Not to like virtue signal, we have trans people, gay people, straight people, black, brown, white people, everyone's here. And we we set this up very intentionally in, in the very early days. We have a huge welcome page that lists all the like the, you know, the terms of like Terms of use for the community, I guess. Mm. But we're very clear about we're here for the guns. Everything else can fuck off. Mm. So we don't care about your politics, anything, personal bias, religion, whatever. If you're coming here because you're interested in firearms, you're interested in making firearms, you're interested in 3D printing firearms, perfect. Yeah. Enjoy. You know, we, we've mm-hmm. had, we had a lot of people removed for, you know, coming in and saying, hey, join me at the rally. Like, nope, bing. Nah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. That's not why we're here. You know, that's that's we're just here for the guns. We don't care about anything else. Yeah. You know, let's 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 advance the armament of the people, because that sounds very
0: communist, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, actually, this is this is an interesting conversation that um, Nick, I'm sure you'd be happy to chime into. So, mm-hmm. uh, the basis of of uh, socialist or or you know Marxist communist thinking is controlling the means of production right? Like, does it get any purer to controlling the means of production than 3D printing?
2: Comrades, I have to say.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right? Like, I mean, is this being overlooked by people of a certain persuasion where you could be like, look, this is like, you know, this is the ultimate means of self-determination, is being able to, you know, download something and make something for yourself as opposed to, you know, having to kowtow to a corporation or something like that. I mean,
3: it could be. I don't know. I don't. I don't delve much into the political bent of things, but I mean, I, I suppose there's an argument for it. Yeah.
2: If, if, th- if that's communism, sign me up. But, uh, right? but for me, it's all, it's all about the guns. <laughs> I,
0: I I can tell you, like, um, there there's an. I I don't know if both of you are familiar with, um, Magnus Panvidia, but um, the the boog boy that was on uh a lot of the the national TV because he he did the speech on the. Statehouse steps in Michigan, um, but uh, he's he is more from a left uh, libertarian or left anarchist slant, and there is common ground. Like it, it doesn't it gets it gets overlooked a lot, but there is common ground. You know, um, and a lot of purist you know communists definitely still appreciate the ownership of firearms. That's for sure. Um, you know, and so from that standpoint. Uh, there is some, some overlap, which, you know, again, I'm trying not to get too political, but you know, there is definitely some philosophical or, or theoretical, you know, commonality there in terms of those, those populations. But, um, so yeah, but I look, anything else that you have coming up, uh, control P, like any, any other launches, any kind of drops or anything like that, or things that you want people to pay attention to?
3: Uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, Um, (laughs) I know Ivan's cooking up the set me uh, so set me parts kits 308 uh, that's in beta now to be released soon. Um, We don't usually put dates on this stuff because testing. Um, What else? There's a 3011. There's Jesus. I I try to keep track of the beta program with just the number of things that are in beta and I Mm. can't last time I looked there were like 30 projects in beta and I just gave up I can't I can't remember all of these. So 30 projects all in various timelines some may never be released most are going to come out at some point in the very near future. Uh, if you want to know more about that go to thegatalog.com, join the team chat um, and uh, sign up for an account there come partake. Um, that's
2: that, that set me with a C
3: correct right set me with a C.
0: That's awesome. Um, Three, 300 projects that that's, I, that's incredible. I, 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 I would have thought it was like, you know, four or five, but I mean, you have an entire community that's did basically I say 300 stuff. To, well, <laughs> did you say 300? How many did you say? I think it 30. 30. <laughs> I said 30. Oh God. I, now, now, now I'm in wishful thinking mode. Right. Um, 30 still is a lot. Whatever. It's only a zero. <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah.
3: So, uh, oh, FDM nine Internet Pizza says, yeah, uh, that's going to be a fun one. Uh, It's if you remember from the early 2000s, late 90s, Magpul came out with a FMG nine. It might have been 2010 FMG nine. It was a little Glock looking pistol that like you hit a button and it looked like a little lunchbox and you hit a button and it folded out into like a short rifle. Um, Yeah. yeah, So we're working on a printable one on that. Um, Bullpup Glock back no, other hand
0: back there right there there on the shelf um that was one of the uh, one of the the firearms from uh the uh the bear arms and bitcoin event was also really interesting was was,
3: i was i was i was was a little angry about that because they made me take the, the the brace off yeah so it wasn't functioning properly so it would okay. it would jam every round because it would just flip back just because of the physics of
0: how how the Glock operates.
3: Yeah. But, and, uh, and
0: and you would think it would be awkward because you, you've basically taken essentially the, the handle and the fire mechanism and kind of like changed their uh, mm-hmm. their placement. Um but no, it yeah. looked it looked fun. It looked fun as hell. Ha- oh it's no, it's, it's fun,
3: it looks absurd and it is awkward as hell. Ha- <laughs> but, but it's awkward, <laughs> but it's also fun. So you got to balance those out and then, you yeah. know, the files are free. So if you have a Glock 17 hour 34, you can print one uh, yeah. soon. Yeah. We're, we're doing the early alpha for that on my discord server with my team there. Um, it'll move to beta with the on the general server as soon as it's ready um, for general consumption. But I've got some nice little footage the range last weekend on it. So it's that'll be coming up on my socials soon. Um, awesome. every, everyone loves slow-mo um what the hell what else can, can people get to
0: the discord from control pew.com? is that can uh, the, find a little...
3: yeah the, the discord is members only it's through my subscribe star so you have to join uh, at the 15 dollar tier the cad gang to get access to that room that space okay. um i don't recommend joining that if you're not if you're just trying to like get files and print um because they're not final files they're not ready for like distribution and if you have no idea what you're doing with them you may actually injure yourself so get some skills join if you want to like contribute to the party uh otherwise just just be patient you'll get them eventually it'll all come out for free
0: um yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) i we did have one question i know we talked about resin but i don't know if uh Cyborg said, "I'm late. Any updates on the resin print experimenting? I guess you had yeah. touched on it really quickly. Was there anything else in resin that you were messing around with?"
3: Uh, no, I'll just I'll just condense it here. Like resin as a whole uh, is generally suboptimal performance compared to FDM printing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also more expensive to get into to get a printer that's large enough to print the fun stuff that we're doing a lot most yeah. of the stuff. So, if you want to play with it, be prepared to spend you know a couple thousand dollars on your printer um, and then you may or may not have good success we don't really know um, it's still it's still an open field that a lot of people haven't messed with so
0: fair enough yeah <laughs> yeah yeah um, anything else coming down the pipe uh, <laughs> it's really funny that you mentioned that
3: um, I don't I, I can't show it to you on stream though because I would have to handle it, and that's against YouTube policies.
0: Yeah,
3: (laughs) I tell you what. Let me let me let me cut off my camera here real quick. We can pantomime, right? (laughs) Well, it goes on your shoulder, okay, and goes thump. More more of a swamp. If you okay, is that enough of the hand Uh,
0: Chat I. A little bit. I think. I think we need a, a sound effect uh, example if you can work it out, but only if you can. If it's not too much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I, I, I. have no trouble uh, getting myself in trouble, but. Um, <laughs> right. Simork <laughs> so saying thwomp and grind. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so no, I. Look, I want to be uh, respectful of your time, I and mean, we're going on two hours here, especially uh, with uh, Chris and Nick heading <laughs> us off. But um, look, Nick, any final questions for Control Pew? Uh,
2: no, I, I think we—you've covered a lot of your bases. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan. I first found out about you through the under-registered podcast, and immediately subscribed to you. So, right up, uh, it, it was exciting to be able to be in the same chat room as you.
0: Awesome. Uh, Look, I want to say thank you to both of you. Uh, I appreciate you the, the time that you took. Um, you know, I the, there it, it is such a broad world. We're going to continue to come back to this. So, um, you know, as things drop, uh, I would be more than happy to to kind of revisit this and continue to update everyone on what's happening. Um, you know, really, the ultimate goal is to get folks the the skills, not necessarily the that they have to uh, kind of like you know. Uh, apart from the centralized world that we live in, but at least the skills so that if they have to, um, they have that opportunity to do things on their own as opposed to having to deal with, you know, centralized regulation or centralized uh, supply chains and whatnot. So um, definitely, I, I appreciate you you coming on. Any final notes, Control P.U.? Anything else that you got going? Um, no, just thanks for having me on. Um, if your audience is interested in getting started,
3: um, again, theguide.controlpu.com um i own just about every iteration of that name so type in whatever you feel like typing and you'll get there probably um most of the social media stuff ban ban the word control view so uh yeah. share how share it how you can uh get spread the word around um and again ender three 200 bucks on amazon uh we recommend the pro can't go
0: wrong or uh add, add I don't, art, check out do you do you, uh do you happen to know sal the agorist i do Okay. Yeah. Sal also has the Ender Three on uh, 3DPrinterGoBird.com. So uh, if you want to buy in crypto, he, that's also another option. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, check out the Ender Three. And uh, to to say to to quote our, our earlier conversation, you just got to start, man. Like just just you know, uh, figure it out, tinker around. Don't be afraid to boomer it and you know make any mistakes. Like mm-hmm. you know, it, it'll it'll work out. Don't worry, just, be okay. Just pull the trigger. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So with that, we will be back next week at 7 p.m. on Monday with another ungovernable. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Have a good evening. Thank
2: you.